Oh my god, what am I doing? Hello, welcome to Just Thinking Out Loud. My name is Desiree. I am talking to Zuby today. This is the second time that we're having a conversation. The last time was when I was on his channel and I think it's like a year, over a year since then. Um, and I asked him to come on Just Thinking Out Loud to talk about mindset because I think that he is someone who is really positive and I think we need that in the world because we live in victimhood central nowadays and that is held up as virtuous and I don't think it's a good way to live one's life. So I'm going to have Zuby, who you might, you probably already know, introduce himself and then we'll get going into the, the conversation. Hey, what's up, Desiree? Um, so yeah, for anybody listening, I'm Zuby, independent rapper, host of the Real Talk with Zuby podcast, author of Strong Advice, life coach, social media coach, fitness coach, many things to many people, accidental social political commentator. I don't know what I am, but uh, all around creative entrepreneur. So we'll go with that. Yeah, that, that, that seems like a fitting description. So I think our, our thoughts kind of align here um, in terms of the mindset stuff. But I, I just want to get started with what you see in the world today in terms of the media and um, the negativity uh, in terms of painting. I, I don't want to limit it to any one kind of topic, but it's just it's very easy for people to click on negative articles. And mm. I think that there has been a proliferation of that in the past decade or so with the internet and social media. And we focus on bad things happening to people and then bad things happening to ourselves sometimes groups and i don't think that it's a good way to move oneself forward or simply just just to be happy if you're mm -hmm. constantly focusing on the negative stuff so could you just talk about like the media the media environment and then why if you agree with me which i think you do it's good to have a, a positive um attitude towards it and not put yourself in in like the place of victimhood yeah, sure thing. I mean, that's a that's a that's a very big open-ended question, but I think the first thing maybe to say is that it is the human condition and it's normal human behavior to be, you know, negative emotions are actually more powerful than positive ones. Right? Fear, um, you know, fear I think fear is the most powerful emotion that exists. I mean, we know even from psychological studies that people are more afraid of losing things than they are of gaining things. It's more painful. You 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 feel more sadness from losing $100 than you feel happiness from finding $100 on the street, right? If 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 $100 dropped out of your pocket and you lost it, that creates more sadness and anxiety than the joy you'd get long term from I don't know, picking up $100 on the street. And that goes with everything, the fear, the fear of loss, the fear of, you know, uh safe anything to do with your own personal safety. We're as human beings, we're just we're just naturally drawn to negative emotions. And talking about the media, the media knows that, right? The media has always known that. Politicians know that, the media knows that, even marketers know that, right? Anyone who has studied sales and studied marketing like I'm not a fa I'm not a fan and I'm not a proponent. I sell a lot of things, but I'm not a fan of fear-based marketing. But we all know, people who have studied it know that it's better to talk about, it's better to frame things in the in the frame of fear and loss than it is in terms of gain and benefit and positivity. And so 
it's good for people to just be aware that you're always being manipulated, right? If you're watching the news, if you're reading a newspaper, even if you're if you're watching advertising, if you're reading sales copy, whatever it is, you are always being manipulated. Now, manipulation doesn't always mean that it's against you or that nothing is for your benefit, right? If you are making a pitch for your YouTube channel or your product, or you, you create something, you write a book and you want to sell it, of course, you want to have sales copy that's going to hit the right buttons and the right triggers that makes people go, you know what, I want to buy that book. So it's not that when I say manipulation, I don't always mean that it's like nefarious and that they're trying to sort of undermine you and get at you or whatever, but sometimes they are, right? So if you, especially if you're watching news, you you want to always just keep in mind that they're always, what do they say? If it bleeds, it leads, right? That's a commonly known phrase in mainstream media. If it bleeds, it leads. So that's why you don't see a lot of super positive headlines. It's why even if you're on the internet, you see the headlines framed in a certain way that creates, it creates anger. It creates outrage. It creates fear. It creates suspicion. Whatever it is, they always want to hit on those negative emotions because that is just psychologically what gets people to click. And, and no one is immune to that. No one is immune to it. But I think what you can do is recognize that this is a thing, right? I think a lot of people kind of, oh, they're just not aware of that. So they'll see all the fear mongering going on in the media, whether it's about this pandemic or it's something to do with politics or whatever the latest outrage is, right? Whatever the latest outrage is, they'll find a way to frame it in a way that hits those people's psychological triggers. And we also know online in this age of social media, negative news spreads a lot faster than positive news as well. Right. So again, this has been studied. So if you put up two articles and one of them um, hits those sort of negative outrage buttons, and the other one is a little bit more mild, it could be this could be the same article, right? The the negative one might get shared three to five, you know, maybe even ten times as much as the other one, right? So you can take the same story, but depending on what headline you put on it, right? People just read the headline and they're like, oh my gosh, that's crazy, and they just hit share. They share it on Twitter. They share it on their Facebook. They're sharing it on WhatsApp. And everyone's just reading the headline, right? You know, majority of people are just reading the headline and they're not really seeing the data, right? So right now, um, if I wanted to freak people out and I worked in the mainstream media, I could just say something about um, a new mutant strain of coronavirus being discovered, right? And yep, yep. may, right? or I could frame, um, or I could just put a number X, X number of people died today from new mutant strain of, all right? And that'll get, that'll freak people out because people are already on edge now, right? They've been They've been framed up to be on edge for the whole past year. So now anything that hits those triggers, like we've, we've reached the stage where people don't even want the good news, right? If you tell people, if, if you tell people about what the survival rate of coronavirus is, they get angry at you, right? They get upset because they, they want the doom. They want the gloom. They want the negativity. They want to talk about cases. They want to talk about deaths. They want to talk about hospitalizations. They don't want to talk about survival rate. They don't want to talk about the number of people who recover. They don't want to talk about the fact that um, how many people have been vaccinated. They don't want to talk about anything that could alleviate their fear. And th this goes way beyond, you know, this, this goes way beyond the pandemic. I just think it's been interesting in the past year that it's really just made it, it's made it super clear for anyone who's paying attention how the media works and how fear works and how social pressure works. All of these sort of psychological phenomena have just been totally um, on display for everybody to see on a national level, local level, global level, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I mean, what was the second part of the question there? Because I feel like I'm a, I am know there was a second part. 
Uh, actually, I don't remember. Oh, I think you said about. Oh, I think you said about why people should remain positive. Right. Well, like I was that. about to get into that. Yeah. Like, okay. Why is this important? Um. Just sorry. Just before you get into that, yeah. the reason why I'm asking Zubi about this is for myself. Like, I like to be positive. So it's good to talk to someone else who is. But it's also for you guys. Like, I just don't think it's good for people, and I want to put a different energy out into the world. But yeah. continue. Yeah. Sure. I mean, so so leading on from that, I mean. I mean, why, wow, why is it important to have a positive mindset? I think because your everything begins with your mindset. If you're someone who wants to be successful in anything, then your mindset is the most powerful tool at your disposal. It's the thing that's going to make you or it's the thing that's going to break you. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter who you are, even specifically what you're trying to achieve, right? Because everything starts with the mindset. If you have a defeatist attitude or you're basing everything on um, an irrational fear, or you're giving up before you're even trying, and you, you're you're just exhibiting these negative mindset traits, then you're going to fail, right? You you are going to fail, right? It's like going into like anyone who's played sports or done sports. It's like going into a sports match, like being certain you're going to lose. Like if, if you're certain, of course you're going to like you're going to get battered if you if you if you go into a whatever it is, right? If you go into the game thinking. I'm going to lose. Like, unless there's just a giant skill gap and you're way, way, way better than your opponent. If you go in with that attitude, if you're evenly matched, or maybe your opponent has slightly more skilled than you even, and you go in there with an attitude, with a defeatist mindset, guarantee you're going to, you're going to take an L, right? You're, you're going to lose. And it's like that in the entire game of life, whether you're talking about your career, your finances, your health, your relationships, whatever it is, it, it's all the same thing. And the truth is that the world is made up of positive and negative, right? So there's nobody, there's nobody real who is like positive all the time, right? That's a facade, right? I, I'm I'm very much an optimist. I preach about you know having a positive mindset, etc. But we're all human beings. Great things happen in the world. Terrible things happen in the world. Some people do great things. Some people do awful things. In fact, those happen within the same person. Every single one of us right. knows that we do good things. And we do bad things, right? We don't all do as bad things as some people do, right? There's, there, there are levels to it. But we're human. humanity is, you know, human beings, I often say human beings are the best and the worst thing that exist, right? We're the best and the worst thing on this planet. Like hu- human love and compassion and relationships and helping each other and generosity and the human spirit is incredible. But the depths of human potential cruelty and evil and the horrible things that people do to each other and have done to each other is like, you know, it's not difficult to understand how someone could look at the worst side of humanity and decide that they just hate people in general. I, I can understand that. I can understand that mindset. It's not my mindset, but I can understand where it comes from because there is a lot of evil and there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of suffering and everybody dies. Every single person listening to the podcast, we're all going to die, right? Like that's right if you if you think of it in a certain way like it's that's really negative that can lead someone to like the the road down to nihilism but with right. everything you can always reframe situations right so one of my biggest motivators in life is death right <laughs> i know i'm going to die and so that motivates me every single day as someone who wants to go out there and impact and inspire hundreds of thousands and millions of people i'm like you know what I could be dead this time next year. Hopefully I won't be. I don't think I'll be. And you know, I don't I don't plan to be, but 
tomorrow is not promised today. I mean, I, I've been around for over 30 years now, and I have seen, I've witnessed enough death to know that tomorrow is not promised today, right? I've seen people in their 20s die of cancer. I've seen people commit suicide. I've people seen, seen people die of natural causes. I've seen people have accidents. I've, I've just seen all of these things, let alone the stories that you hear and that you know aren't even directly connected to you, right? The, the world, the world is, the world is harsh. But by by recognizing that, it can number one cause it can create a sense of urgency for your own life to really live out your own purpose and to go hard and to, um, you know, make sure you actually work on what you're doing rather than dragging your feet. Um, but also, it also makes me treat people better, right? I treat people better. Partly for for a lot, you know, for a lot of reasons, right? You know, there are a lot, you know, there are a lot of reasons I, I try to treat people well. But one of the one of the big ones is that you know, I think number one, you don't know what people are going through, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what people are going through, so it's easy for people to be, you know, aggressive and vicious and hostile towards each other. And you know, we all fall into that trap sometimes. But it's like you know what, you don't know what that person is dealing with. So why not err on the side of compassion? You know, me obviously, you know, being a Christian, a big part as well is that I view people as being made in the image of God. So every human being to me is like a reflection of God, even if they're not behaving that way. So it's important for me to treat people kindly and and decently. Um, so, but what I'm saying is that with with everything, with any negative situation, it do, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it could be something like super major could be something that's relatively minor but there there are always different ways that you can frame a situation you know it's like the the glass half full or the glass half empty thing right they're both they're both technically true right it's technically right. true it's true that the world is cold and brutal and the evil exists and murderers exist and rapists exist and people do horrible things and people enslave people and people genocide people and that there's all these horrible things happening it's also true that human beings are extremely kind and that love is a real thing and that you have family and that there are friends and you you have a purpose and you have a meaning in your life and that there's nature and there are all of these wonderful things that exist and that you can experience but depending on where you choose to put your focus you know whatever you focus on whatever you focus on becomes your reality that that's the truth right whatever you focus on you're you're right either way Right. If you focus on the former, the world is cruel, it's harsh, people are mean, you know, all women are like this, all men are like that, all these people are like this, then that will become your that will become your reality because just the way the human mind works, it will start to magnify and amplify everything you're seeing that confirms that. It's confirmation bias, right? So if that's your worldview, right. then that's what that's what you'll experience, and and that's the lens that everything gets filtered through. Whereas if you err on the positive side, you'll suddenly start to find that oh, you're making more friends, you're making more connections. Oh, suddenly these opportunities that you weren't seeing before, you're now seeing them, right? And everything is oh, that's an opportunity there, that's an opportunity there. I mean, look at this past year. I mean, fr- from my own personal perspective, um, you know, there the past year has been in many ways, the best and the worst year of my life. <laughs> like depending, oh my depending on what thing I choose to focus on in terms of my business and my career, it's been the best, it's, it's been the best year I've had, oh. right? I've had the opportunity to, to see certain opportunities and certain doors open and okay, I can now do this. I can now do this. I can now do that. On the flip side, there've been a lot of things I've not been able to do. You know, I'm a musician. I haven't done a live performance for over a year, 
right? Yeah. And so there are a lot of things that I can't do. I mean, it's illegal to leave my country right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's, yeah. it's technically illegal for me to go outside my house unless I have like a specific reason, right? Like, so, you know, there are all these restrictions. There's all been all the impacts of the virus itself. And then all the, um, the response to the virus has been its own beast. And this is all still ongoing. But, you know, depending on how you look at it, depending on how you frame it, um, you know, maybe the, the best way I could summarize it is, you know, you live once. You, you only live once on this earth. And so if you have the options of having a positive mindset, which is going to make you happier and get you closer to your goals and fulfillment versus having a negative one that's going to make your life even more difficult than it needs to be and make you have worse relationships with people and to be less successful with people, why not choose the former option? You know, right. why, not, why, why not choose the former option rather than living a life of misery? Right. No, that, that, that's great. You, you covered a lot of points there. And I, I want to sort of highlight some that I, I wanted to mention or, you know, support what you're saying. So you said that life is harsh. Oh, yeah. Which oh, yeah. is true. And um, you also mentioned people being reflections of God. which is, So mm. those were two things that, that stood out to me. So when it comes to the victimhood thing, like I really want to break this down. Um, you you mentioned seeing opportunities opportunities that weren't there before. So when you're dealing with challenges, which will happen because life is harsh, if you're if you're putting yourself in the place of a victim, first of all, usually there's a perpetrator, so you'll find someone else to blame. But even if you're not blaming someone else, if you're not looking at yourself, then you're not taking ownership of the situation and what's happening in your life. Mm -hmm. And then you can't see, you said you call it seeing other opportunities. You can't see alternatives, alternative paths if you're not looking for them. And um, just to make it more cultural, um, if you're not focused on pulling yourself up, but you view and looking for alternative paths, but you view yourself as a victim, mm -hmm. then you're going to be looking to pull other people down. <laughs> and like, yeah. I think that is exactly what, what happens um, in our culture today. So I really want to point that out. And then something else I wanted to point out in terms of uh, trying to like break it down further in terms of how you do this if you're being bombarded all the time mm -hmm. um, with negative media. So it's really important to maintain a connection with, with yourself. And um, distinguish between the cruelty of nature, so I'm going to explain that in a second, and life being harsh in terms of like their hierarchies, their like status competitions, mm -hmm. there is like economic value that people provide. But I think you have to distinguish between that, those things and um, your own intrinsic value, which is why I, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to me um, are not religious or don't believe in God, but I, I think it's that perspective you mentioned of seeing the value in other people. Like it's important to see that and also see that in yourself. Mm -hmm. But that is that is separate from like life being harsh and like just examples I gave, um, things that I, I, I just mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then one more thing about being connected to oneself that I wanted to mention that I think aligns with what you do a lot. I try to be very very concrete <laughs> about this. So um, that also has to do with um, 
connecting with yourself is like, like say journaling, for example, and like knowing your own thoughts and feelings, um, which is possibly separate from what the media is telling you. And then also taking care of yourself physically, which I think mm-hmm. you, I know you will really agree with. Like that is very, very, very important. Yeah. It, like you, you, like how you, what you put into your body, um, like exercising. Like, and I kind of want you to talk about that a bit because I know that's a big thing that you do. Mm. So the purpose of this interview for me is, um, I guess I, I, I really want to like affect people in their lives who are listening or might be might end up watching this um to as you've said recognize um kind of like giving your power away to Mm. to people out there mostly the media maybe politicians yeah um saying negative things and you can choose to do that if you want but it's not the only way to live your life and i highly recommend not living your life that way (laughs) (laughs) and uh being being positive so I guess, could you talk about the, the fitness stuff or just elaborate or respond to, to what I just said? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I mean, in terms of like fitness, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big proponent of self-improvement and I, I obsess a lot over the idea of potential, right? The potential for greatness, right? So I know I, I have the potential to impact and change this world and have a positive impact and be an inspiration to millions of people. I have that potential, right? And my mission in life is to fulfill that potential, right? That's why I do all the things I do. That's why I wrote my fitness book. That's why I build my social media following. It's why I have a podcast. It's why I make music. Everything that I do is based on the idea of fulfilling my own potential and then helping, encouraging, inspiring other people to do the same. So every anything that doesn't anything that doesn't fit that goal why why am I why I shouldn't be paying attention to it right and I'm not perfect at this right sometimes I get knocked off my path right sometimes someone tweets something nasty at me and I want to respond to it sometimes someone writes something horrible in a comment and I want to respond to it sometimes I'm seeing something negative and I want to engage with it right but the majority of the time I'm very clear on what my mission and my focus is and my mission and my focus is so much bigger and so much more important. And my time is so valuable, both financially and emotionally, that it's like, okay, why am I wasting my time? Right. So I sold my TV 12 years ago. I haven't had a TV for 12 years. Okay. And people are like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. You don't have a TV. Like, what do you want? And I'm like, imagine if I'd spent like those thousands of hours I probably would have spent, say, say watching the news. Okay. How how would that have gotten me closer to my goal? Okay, because people think if you don't watch the news all the time that somehow like you're totally clueless or there's some huge thing I'm missing. No, no, like I don't miss you. You probably know, like you see, I I comment on stuff that's going on in the world, right? I'm not missing anything. Okay, all all, and in fact, I'm pretty sure that watching that TV would have held me back. I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now if you know every day I was spending four hours watching TV or doing anything else because it's not part of my mission, right? Having this conversation with you right now, like I don't, I'm not thinking of it this way, right? I'm just talking to Desiree, but this is part of the mission, right? We have this conversation. It helps me to articulate my thoughts, helps you to articulate your thoughts. Other people listen to it and someone walks away like, hmm, you know what? I really like what he said there, or I really like what she said there. I took away something positive and they can take that idea and they can work and they can hustle a little bit harder 
in 2021, they can flip a little switch in their brain that makes them waste less time, you know, follow better people, do better things, build better habits, whatever it is. And to me, look, I'm coming back to, you know, health and fitness. I mean, that's what it is. Your body is a temple. You get one, you get one body. I think it's insane that so many people treat their material possessions better than they treat their body. Right? People, you, I don't know, you scratch, you scratch their iPhone or you step on their trainers or they get a rip in their t-shirt or something and they're, it's the end of the world to them. Right? But they'll let their body go to, they'll, they'll, they'll destroy their body, which you cannot replace. Right? You get one body. It has to last you your entire life. And the reason that we all end up dying is because your body has experienced some sort of catastrophic failure that it can't recover from. And that's not totally unavoidable. But it can largely be delayed by taking care of your health and your nutrition and your fitness and exercising, et cetera. So in terms of fulfilling your own potential, it is impossible to fulfill your own potential if you're not fulfilling your own potential with your body, right? Or at least striving to. It doesn't mean that everybody has to be a bodybuilder or a powerlifter or a pro athlete or something, but you are not in the optimal condition um, you know, not just physically, but but also also mentally in terms of your own discipline, et cetera. If you can't discipline yourself to, you know, maintain a healthy weight and an eat, you know, decent eating program and a decent exercise program, et cetera, then you're you're failing on your own potential. And when you fail on your own potential, that has an impact on other people, right? We lived in such an we live in such an atomized society that people don't really see, you know, I mean, I think it, well, people are very selective with how they see how their actions affect other people, right? So if someone doesn't want to wear a mask, they'll, they'll, some people will want to jump down that person's throat or whatever, because they're saying that's impacting everybody else. But those same people um, will be, I don't know, engaging in all of this stuff, which does also have an impact on other people, right? Maybe in some cases, not as obviously directly in their minds, but, but everything does, you know? And I often think like, you know, I think Jordan Peterson has made this point, like, what would the world look like if everybody strived to or got close to achieving their own potential, right? Would we would right. we be bickering online? Would we be having all these social, societal problems? It's like, no, people would just be on their grind. Everyone would be doing well, encouraging other people to do well, lifting each other up. You wouldn't have people tearing each other down, et cetera. So I think when you, when you focus on that, and also a key part of this, you know, if we're going to talk about diet, diet isn't just what you eat. Diet's not just what you mm. eat. It's what you consume. Right. So if you follow 500 troll accounts on Twitter or 500 accounts that are posting negativity every day, or you follow YouTube channels that are just spitting out toxic stuff all day long, then that's going to affect your mindset and your mindset affects your behaviors. So I recommend both in the real world and online, surround yourself with people who inspire you, who, you know, who, who doesn't mean you, it has to be an echo chamber of people who just agree with you. But people who inspire you in some way, shape, or form, people who you engage with their content and it makes you feel better. It doesn't make you feel worse. Listen to music that makes you feel positive. Watch movies, watch content, watch YouTube videos, listen to podcasts that make you feel positive, that inspire you. Again, not just stuff that's, you know, the latest outrage, the latest doomsday, the latest thing to fear to to scare you into submission and keep you like huddled in your basement in your house, just terrified to to go out there and live life, you know, that's, that's no way to live. So I recommend people to reframe how they think about their diet, right? Of course, what you eat and what you drink is extremely important, but also think about what you're consuming with your eyes, with your ears, 
um, you know, the words you're saying, the words you're speaking, the conversations you're having, everything. It doesn't mean you're, we're all going to be perfect, but again, at least by being cognizant of it, then that's, that's a big first step. Just, just having that self-awareness of like, okay, you know what? I'm engaging in a lot of negative stuff. Let me, let me unfollow that account. Right. You know, oh, let me, let me, let me not listen to that song where every time I listen to it, it makes me feel depressed. Right. Let me, let me not engage with this. Let me, let me not eat this food that makes me feel like garbage and, you know, is making me gain weight, whatever it is. And, it, you know, it's not all or nothing. Right. It's everything is incremental and it's impossible to totally fulfill your own potential because your potential is infinite. But as long as you are striving to get, you know, 1% better, 0.5% better every day in some way, shape, or form, then you're on the right track. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that, especially the point about what you consume being both physical but also mental. Um, I've unfollowed like two people, not yeah. many, uh, recently on, on Twitter because I was just like, I like this account, I really do, but I just, it's like too much complaining. Yeah. Like, I just can't. Yeah, yeah it's, it's too negative. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, that's okay. Like, like you mentioned, um, you know, like no one is happy all the time. Yeah. That's Im important to know too. Like, if you, if you see people and you, like, it, like your Instagram life is is like Instagram life. Yeah. Right? That's very different from real life. And life is meant to to be, uh, I think, about growth. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, in order to do that, you you gotta have challenges. And so that that is what life is all about. Um, and I just want to be really specific. Again, trying to like be be concrete um, in terms of talking about this stuff that you might have uh, negative things, say like from your past or just things inside of you that you need to deal with, and you you can't necessarily look, um, you can't be positive because there's like stuff you haven't dealt with, mm. and so I, I acknowledge that, and I say I would say to that that you have to deal with that, but that comes from being there with yourself through your pain mm. and through your joy. But mm. I'm specifically talking about the pain part here. Like that is, I mean, like I can't give like specific advice. It's like, it's not my forte, but I do know that you have to be there for yourself yeah. kind of. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. trying to, you know, like I, can I, can I, can I jump in and say yeah, something ahead, important sure. there with, based on what you just said is that, right. you know, and this is, this is hard to do, but it's the truth. And the truth is often hard to accept, but a truth is the past is immutable. The past is immutable. Whether you are talking about your own personal history or you're talking about the history of an entire country or the history of the entire world, the past cannot be changed. No matter what you do, no amount of wishful thinking, no amount of reading, no amount of conversations can change the past. It's important to learn from the past. Right. See, okay, this is where things went right. This is where things went wrong. I'm not going to make that mistake again. This country should not make this mistake again. We as a people should not make this mistake again, etc. And then you move forward. Right. The only time you ever are living in is the present. And I don't say that to mean be sound like some kind of like guru or something, but it's just a fact. The only time you're living in is the present. Right. The the past is immutable, and your actions in the present alt are what creates the future. So it doesn't make sense to always be focusing on the past. It also doesn't make sense to always be focusing on the future. You want to spend most of your time focusing on the present because that's the only thing you can directly control and that's what's going to impact that's what's going to impact your future. So for anyone who has been through 
you know, people go through all kinds of stuff on different levels, right? Every, every single human being has some degree of sadness or grief or, or trauma or problems in, in the past. All of everybody. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, black, white, man, woman, whatever, right? Someone could on paper seem like they're the most so-called privileged person in the world, but they might have some stuff that like just some emotional baggage or something that they experienced that was like, you know, that I would never want to go through. And, you know, and and maybe most people don't even know about that, right? You have people who maybe, you know, you have people who were molested as children, right? And someone is looking at them going, oh, this person is a a, a rich, privileged white male. And the, the person has no idea what this person dealt with in the past, right? And so again, that's where, again, where it comes to the, like the way you treat people is, it's part of why I, I hate the whole, you know, you were talking about like the, the victimhood thing, but it's, it's also why I, I despise the whole, you know, oh, this person is a, a privileged white male, or this person is a, you know, they take these certain categories and they're like, oh, this determines if someone is privileged. This determines if someone's underprivileged. What It's like, you don't know who people are. You don't know what people are dealing with, right? You, it's not like they make it sound like every straight white man has the exact same life story. You know what I mean? Well, right? <laughs> That's a good way like every, to put it. Every, yeah. Right. Yeah. Every every black right. woman, every black woman has like the exact same experiences and life story. I'm like that is firstly it's just wrong. Like it's really really wrong, but also it's just like it's condescending and funnily enough it's actually like racist and sexist and all that to right. actually to actually make all these assumptions, right? Cuz you just don't know what people are what people are going through. But regardless of what that is and again both on an individual level and on a on a more collective level, I think you know we we'd all stand to gain from understanding that we we just can't change history. You know, you can learn from it and you can take steps forward. So constantly, I mean, imagine trying to drive a car and you're literally like constantly looking backwards. You're gonna crash. Right. 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 You don't drive staring into your rear view. You look back once in a while, right? So just to check, check the side mirrors once in a while. But you're generally focused. Straight. You're, what are you doing in the moment? I need to. I need to change gear. I need to brake. I need to accelerate. That. That's the way you should be driving your car of life. Right. Um, yeah. That. That was a, a great point. I think you are focusing more on the um, like societal level, mm. but I was trying to make a point that was more about like. Well, I guess you weren't. You were also focusing on the individual. So I agree with that in terms of living in the present. But I do think that. Sometimes you may have to, um, I mean, your feelings come up in the present about mm-hmm. the past. Sure. And I just mean for an individual, I, I just want to say that the way to, to deal with that is to, is to like be there for yourself, mm-hmm. um, like through your emotions. Yeah. So I, I guess I just wanted to add that. And um, the reason why I thought about, well, I, I figured I'd talk to you at some point, but there was a tweet that you had made. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was. About limiting oneself in terms of um, being inspired by other people, mm, which okay. a lot of so I never encountered any of this. Mm. Uh, um, well, growing up, I didn't think about this at all, yeah, yeah. Say, which I which I do say a lot. Um, and I have a my uh, speech about the lens of diversity. I talk about this quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing because I just remembered there there was a there was a video about podcasters taking forever to say what they're saying. <laughs> like I'm doing that exa- I'm doing that right now. So I just remembered that. But the point I'm trying to make 
uh, is that he had made a tweet about limiting oneself to be inspired by other people based on their race and gender. Mm. And this is something that I see happening a lot. So I got the, I've looked at the, the NASA calendar recently and it was just like highlighting like the race and the gender of uh, women, people who had done things. And I was like, I, I don't want to see this. I want to, I want them to be known for like what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's cool. Yeah. Like I don't want to like know someone because they were some specific category that we care about, like mm-hmm. in the present time. Um, and I, I guess I just wanted to talk about how society in asking you to, to, put people into these boxes and then to identify with people based on these boxes versus based on humanity and our creative potential as human beings. Mm. I think that is way more important than anything else. How that is limiting oneself in the long run. And I just like, uh, just talk about that because you, you had tweeted something and I was like, mm. yes, I totally agree. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, you know, again, we've already talked about how life is difficult. And so why do you, why do people want to make their life, why do they want to handicap themselves, right? There are certain ways that people literally handicap themselves and make things way more difficult than they need to be. And one of those things is by, by doing what I said in that tweet, right? I said, you know, a great way to handicap yourself is to limit, you know, who you're inspired by, you know, based on them having the same race or, or sex as you or something or something like that. And, and that's the truth because firstly, there are great people. They're also terrible people, but there are great people of every category, all, all these immutable categories, right? Anyone who exists in the real world is aware that there are great people of different ethnicities, skin colors, nationalities, whether they're male, they're female, they're straight, they're gay, whatever. There, there are wonderful people out there who could potentially be friends who could be mentors, who could be people who could teach you something, who could be people who help you, entertain you, what, whatever it is. And so to obsessively and unnecessarily limit your scope, whether that's your, your friendship group or the businesses that you uh, buy products from or the people who you allow to inspire you and motivate you or whatever to just one of those categories, right? If you're a woman and you only sort of allow yourself to be inspired by other women, you're artificially limiting yourself because there are lots of men who could teach you stuff and who could help you and who could inspire you and who, and who, are, who are willing to, right? Same with if you're a man, right? I say it, I say it more because you tend to see that more with like, you know, the kind of feminist angle of like, oh, you know, women need to be in these certain positions, right? But similarly, if, if you're a man, right, why not be inspired by a great woman who is kicking butt in whatever it is that you want to do. I'm inspired by tons of women. I'm inspired by white people. I'm inspired by Asian people, black people, whatever. Like it, it, it's so irrelevant. I'm just inspired by people, <laughs> right? And right. my my friendships, my acquaintances, the people I talk to, the people I'm friends with, it, it's just, you know, it, it's not a thing. It's like, you know, what are you, what's your character and what is the sort of, you know, I guess value that you're, that you're offering to the world? And if we're on board and I like what you're saying or I like what you're doing or whatever, then awesome. Like, let, let's connect. Let's inspire. And that's how people, that's how you move forward. Because yeah, we're, I think we're both super big on personal responsibility and all that. But we also recognize, you know, no man or woman is an island, 
right? We're not just little atomized beings who don't influence each other and we don't talk to each other and we don't socialize, et cetera, right? We all influence and impact each other. And so what, what you want, if you want to be successful, you want to, you want to have the best people, right? It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit the same like when you talk about diversity with like hiring or whatever, right? Like you want the best, you want the best people, right? I want the best friends in the world. I want the best podcast guests on my show. I, as a musician, I want to work with the best producers. I want to work with the best uh, rappers, the best singers. I, I, I just want to work with like great people who are doing great things, right? Imagine if I was like, oh, oh, that person's really, uh, I really want to have that person on my podcast, but they're the wrong gender. <laughs> I want to have that person on the podcast, but yeah. they, they don't have the right amount of melanin. It sounds insane, but there are people who, yeah. but there are people who do this. They limit themselves you know, they limit themselves. They won't follow that person or they won't engage with this person or whatever because there's some immutable characteristic which they think, oh, you know, there there's some kind of artificial barrier there. And it's such a it's such a limiting belief and a limiting behavior. And I mean, most people don't do this. You know, I, I think at this stage, I think in I think in the past it used to be extremely common, right? Right. That's you know, if you, it used to be extremely common for people to, you know, very much stick to their own kind, as they say, and, you know, view anyone who's outside of their, uh, say, you know, say race to that term as, you know, with some hostility or this person is lesser than or whatever. And it's like, it's stupid for a lot of reasons. <laughs> it's stupid for a lot of reasons, but even from a, even from a selfish perspective, right? Even from a selfish perspective, it's stupid because it actually limits it actually limits you right it limits your own potential it limits your own growth like you know beyond the beyond the moral issues with it and you know the discrimination what like it's also it's also foolish just like you know for example in the USA like i'm not i'm not a us history expert but you know part of the reason why they even implemented things like jim crow laws was because from an employer perspective employers recognize that they want they want the best employees at the at the sort of best value rate that they can get them for so the government actually had to enforce those laws because without those laws you know capitalism is a great way to kill off prejudice <laughs> right if you actually allow the free free market capitalism to work then if you're an employer and even if the employer has some racial biases but he's like man like this young black guy is a great worker, right? He'll still want to hire <laughs> because it's it's the person working. So that's why they even needed to implement those laws from the top to to stop people doing that. Because if they let the free market do its own thing and they let people actually mix and not force them to segregate, then they'll actually start to realize it won't be immediate. But over time, number one, on like a social and a friendship level, they'll start to realize, oh, okay, you know, oh, those those black people aren't as bad as I thought. Oh, okay, those white people aren't as bad as I thought, right? And <laughs> You know, and then also from a from from a, a market perspective, it's also just the sensible thing to do because if you, you know, say say for example, you know, I do run a business. I don't have employees yet, but say I run a business and I decide to discriminate against a group of people. I just say, okay, you know what? I'm not gonna. I refuse to work with women, and I refuse to employ any women. My competitor, my competitor who who is not biased and who does not have that prejudice, is gonna blow me out the water right because he's now he's got access to the whole pool of talent and i've decided to just arbitrarily cut off 50% of it and that's going to have imp that's going to have an impact right the, yeah um 
I wanted to say a couple of things, if yeah, you don't mind. Ahead. So it's a, I think that's what's going to happen with a lot of companies, woke companies today. But I just think it's going to take time. I just think the thing is that it's a slow decline. Mm. So we won't see the effects immediately. But I also wanted to mention that it was the same thing for marriage licenses in the US. It was oh, to yes. stop different races from getting married to each other. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of laws in the US seem to, to, <laughs> to come from that. Because there's also like gun laws where to stop like yeah. black people from yeah, getting guns. True. and. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I just want to say that a lot of that thinking is a uh, fair based. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, to, to say that in terms of people deciding to not mix with other people. And you know what? Being fair based, it keeps you protected. It keeps you safe. Mm -hmm. But it also limits you, mm -hmm. as you said. So that just, I mean, it's up to you if you want to do that, you know. But it, it is a fair based uh, strategy. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to add that. Did you finish the point that yeah, you were no, I've, making? Yeah, I finished the point. I finished the point. You know, look, my, my worldview is, my world, my worldview is very simple. <laughs> like, there's just, you know, some, some very basic principles that, that I, that I live by. Um, you know, some like the golden rule, you know, treat people as you want to be treated, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Like pretty, pretty basic things, right? Don't judge people based on things that they cannot change, right? Like right. So just immutable care. Like it's such a, it's so obvious, right? It, it's so, so yeah. obvious that it blows my mind that humanity has existed for thousands upon thousands of years and that there are still certain, certain traps that we, that we fall back into collectively, but also that people are very keen to propagate, right? That's one of the things that right. disturbs me most about the last couple of years is that some of these insidious ideas that actually we'd reached sort of like a healthy consensus on are are starting to rear up again right so right. It, it so we we look humanity spent thousands of years of judging people you know even let's let's focus on the western world right let's talk about countries like the uk usa canada etc right historically you know there was a lot of racism there was a lot of sexism there was a lot of homophobia there was a lot of right and by let's say the late 90s early 2010s you know there was a you know maybe a a period where it's like you know what well, actually it's wrong to it's wrong to treat people differently or unfairly or be unkind to them or cruel to them or make laws against them based on an immutable characteristic that they can't change right took 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 a while to get there but you know we, we, they they kind of got there like okay yeah you know what it's kind of effed up to have a law saying that um you know, white people can do this, but black people can't do that. that that's kind of screwed up. Like, we shouldn't do that. Oh, they, you know what? Well, actually, if men can vote, yeah, like women should be able to vote too, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't have taken so long, but we kind of got there. But then with some of these ideas that are coming out, you know, lots from academia, but, you know, they're starting to seep into everything, this critical race theory stuff, some of the gender theory stuff, all of that, which is going back to judging people based on immutable characteristics. So, Okay, this person is, you know, I'm a black man, you're a black woman, this person is a white man, this person is a white woman, like, and so we must now apply different rules to them, or we must treat them in different ways, or we must have different standards or whatever. It's like, and, and I'm just like, wait, guys, what are you doing? Like, like, learn from history, like we were saying earlier, right? This has happened before. Yeah, maybe it happened a slightly different way around, but you're doing the same thing again. When I when you go on social media and you're seeing people saying like I don't know just horrible stuff about white people or horrible stuff about men in general or horrible stuff about women in general 
or whatever. And, and, and I'm just like, what, what are you guys doing? Right. What, what are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you propagating this? Right. Like, I think right now, nobody is keeping racism alive. Like the so-called anti-racists are right. right? Like anti-racism <laughs> in inverted commas, that is like, these people are literally keeping it alive. Like racism is trying its hardest to die. Like it's, it's trying to die out. It's on life support, but they just keep, they just keep coming with the, uh, what are they? What's it called? Is it defibrillator? They just keep coming. And just, <laughs> right? they're, just, they're just like, no, yeah, come I think like, that's we, what we need you. Yeah. We need you. And you know, <laughs> I, I've I've never heard the term white supremacy more in my entire lifetime than I've heard it in the past three years. Well, they they did a, they've done studies on um, terms like white supremacy, diversity, mm-hmm. racism that. And you, you see it being like used in like the New York Times and mm-hmm. these articles. They've been pumping that stuff. Mm-hmm. They've been pumping us like full yeah. of it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I mean, part of me thinks it's a strategy. Oh, but part is. of me thinks it's, it's, just, it's just incentives in terms of the media wanting people to click on things. Mm-hmm. It could be either of those things. I, yeah. I do think people could actually be trying to manipulate the population, but it could also just be do you know, uh, do you know what it is? that exist. Yeah. It's, it's profitable. It's an industry. It's an industry. Yeah. There's, there's a whole grievance industry. Like you can become a millionaire by just being a race hustler. You can become a millionaire by being a gender hustler, right? You can yeah. literally, there are people who earn a, you know, six, seven figure incomes by just, you know, talking about just stewing, like just reopening wounds that are trying to heal, right? Yeah. So every time, you know, the wound is healing, they just come and they pick at the scab and they just throw out this certain type of rhetoric and accuse people of certain things unfairly. And they call this person that, and they call this person that, and they change the definitions so that it always right. fits their agenda, right? So they change the definition of white supremacy. They change the definition of racism. They change the definition of sexism. They change the definition. They've changed. They're trying to change the definitions of man and woman, right? They're so trying they change to change the, the definition of, of healthy recently. It, li- yeah, literally. <laughs> it's amazing, right? So they, they change the definitions so that if you prove them wrong, they just oh like oh no like this is the definition now and it's like wait no hang on that's not how it works like white supremacy means that pe- so that means someone believing that the white so called race is inherently genetically superior to all other races that's what white supremacy means right that's the meaning of the term white supremacy if someone is a white supremacist that person believes that white people are inherently superior to other um, so called races. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that there are lots of white people on an executive board on a company. It doesn't mean that um, uh, an author, you know, a white author wrote a book from a perspective of someone. It, it doesn't mean all of these other uh, like garbage things that people are saying that it means. So if you're going to use a term, I think we need to be very careful with is what I call label inflation, right? Just like, you know, the bar for being racist, it, it keeps dropping, right? Now, like, oh, no, okay. We've run out of racists, so okay, we're gonna, we need to lower the bar again. We need to lower the standards. So okay, now if you don't support the BLM organization, you're racist. Okay, now if you're not, you know, what do they say? If you're not actively anti-racist, then you're racist. It's like, guys, right. it's just like stop, <laughs> just just That's stop, a new one. right? You know, it's just like just stop. You know, like most people are decent. If you live, yeah, in, they if, are. Yeah, if you live in any, they really are. Honestly, if you live in any <laughs> city, if you've been to any big city, it's not like there's race wars going on, and people are you, people are just going on with their life. At at worst, people might almost be like apathetic towards each other, right? Yeah. But there's not animosity, right? Maybe they just ignore each other, you know, just general, right. you know, quiet, polite, and that's fine. 
But you'll see, you know, most people have friends of all different backgrounds. People have uh, relationships of different, like people work with people, people follow each other online, whatever. Most people, vast, vast, vast majority of people are already like, I don't need to say this to them. They already get it. They're just like, I get it hundred percent. But then there's just that tiny, really loud minority who just, they're, they're just obsessed with it. And they, they just can't stop every day. Black this, white this, men this, women that, cis people this, trans people that. So I'm just like, guys, just, just chill. Just simple solution. Treat everybody fairly and equally. Done. Yeah. Done. It's over. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I just, I want to point out that this division, this tactic, tactic of division can happen across any line. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're just seeing it now with the, the racial stuff but I and gender stuff, but I do think that you can create divisions in people. It just like, Religion used to be a big thing in the past. Um, it's just, do you want to focus on people's actual characters, which mm-hmm. I think is the most important thing, mm-hmm. as you said, or are you going to focus on things they, they can't change yeah. and look at some statistics and that have nothing to do with how people are actually treating yeah, each other yeah. like in the moment? Because that is what is, is most important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we got we to gotta wrap things up. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just, I guess, is there any, any other general thing that you, you want to add in terms of this mindset topic and seeing people as human beings? <laughs> not, not really. It, it's so simple. It's really simple. I mean, my, my philosophy is not, um, you know, sometimes I feel like insane for having to like explain certain things, especially when I'm on Twitter. Sometimes I, I say something which I'm like, why do I even have to say this? Like I shouldn't, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have to say this because it's so, yeah. um, it's so obvious, but I think people just need those reminders. Um, you know, there's no, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing new to say, you know, it would just be reiterating what I've already said, recognize your own potential, seek to fulfill that. And, you know, as you're on your journey, try your best to help and inspire other people to lift them up along the way rather than to kind of, you know, try to pull other people down or to to push people down. Um, And then, yeah, just, um, you know, we, we all have to constantly remind ourselves because none of us are perfect at this, right? Like I get angry, I get upset, I get emotional, just like everybody does, right? I'm less prone to it than most people just because of my personality, but it still happens, right? So we all have to just remind ourselves, you know, however you frame it, um, whatever your beliefs are, you know, human beings are inherently valuable and everybody has potential and even people who you may not like or agree with are worthy of, you know, basic human dignity, whether, even, even if they're online, even if it's through the screen, right? Because it's easy to forget it then. Um, and yeah, just, and ultimately that, look, you've got a limited time here. So number one, don't make life harder than it needs to be because um, it's already difficult. But also, you know, use that to, use that to light a fire up under yourself and to really, you know, we're at the beginning of a new year. And I'd encourage everybody to take stock and think about, okay, where do I want to be this time next year, right? In terms of my finances, in terms of my relationships, in terms of my spiritual health, my physical health, my mental health, everything that's important, my career, where, where do I want to be? And then, you know, take, take the steps to get yourself towards that, you know, create a life that future you will be, will be happy about. If you can meet yourself when you're 80 years old, then what are they going to say to you? Are they going to be like, yeah, you know, well done. Like you, you put in the work and look at everything we created. 
or are they going to be like, man, you wasted your whole life? <laughs> you know, I know which of those answers is better. Yeah, yeah, I do too. All right, well, I think that's a that's a good positive note to end things on. Everyone, you probably already follow Zuby, but if you don't, go check him out. He's on Twitter at Zuby Music. Yep, I'm on <laughs> on everything at Zuby Music. Twitter, Facebook, party, YouTube, Instagram at Zuby Music. That's Z U B Y Music. All right, and don't forget to support Just Thinking Out Loud if you like these conversations, to have more of that out in the world for others to hear at justthinkingoutloud.tv slash support. I have one wish for you that I always have, which is that I hope that you have, you have a good day and make the most of everything. So, bye. Uh, so I just wanted to give... I just wanted to give some afterthoughts. I was worried about the timing, so I didn't include it in the video, but he had mentioned something about the past and the West. And I just want to say that I don't know whether or not I would consider people as always being racist per se or people as not being. Because this is a something that I I don't I've noticed in my own mind that I really never had any concepts about other people being different from me in terms of race growing up. It just didn't really occur to me. Like I noticed it, but I just didn't attach, I didn't attach anything to it. Um, so you could almost call it an innocence uh, in a way, which I think kind of guides the way I see the world today. I don't know if that has to do with the fact that I was just around people. So I had that exposure and like, thought of that as familiar versus other people would see other people who look different from them as unfamiliar because they they don't have that exposure i guess what i'm trying to say is that i don't know if you can actually say that human beings were always racist which is i think the common view of a lot of people and that we're being like pushed together and it's like unnatural because i know my mind isn't like that so i know the human mind doesn't have to be like that but if you take the view that yes human beings are naturally fearful for protection like you're using kind of the animal mind which i think also could make some sense what i'm kind of saying is that we don't really know what <laughs> we're speculating then i would say that that was everywhere in the world and not just limited to the to the west so i just wanted to make a point about that i think being something that's not actually well known that's it